Good morning, class. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore. Welcome to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our faith and our spirit gets fed and nourished up, and we begin to grow and learn how to live the victorious, overcoming life of faith that our God, our good God, has called us to live, has intended us to live. Uh, we're not supposed to be broken and down and defeated, depressed and confused. Uh, God has given us, Jesus has bought and paid for the most complete, the most glorious salvation. And it covers every part of life. But even though it's all given to us freely by His great grace, every bit of it must be received by our faith. Grace is God's part, and He's given us everything. But faith is our part. We can't do His part. He won't do our part. He requires us to live by faith, walk by faith. He said, he that comes to God must believe that He is, God is, and that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Not enough just to believe God exists. You've got to go past that and believe that when you reach out to Him, He'll respond to you. That when you lay hold and believe you receive, He'll cause something to happen. He is a rewarder. He is a blesser of those that seriously seek Him. And that's why we're here. We are serious about seeking Him. We've saved you a spot right on the front row so I can watch you close. i got my ruler over here in case you get out of line. <laughs> get your Bible. Get your notes. Come on in here and join us. Let's pray and get answers today. Father, in Jesus' name, we uh, come together as this uh, big class all over the world asking you for the anointing, asking you for utterance, asking you for direction and help in your word right now. We believe we receive it. We purpose to walk in it. In Jesus' name, we thank you in advance for results. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Go in the textbook again, please, today in our great infallible textbook. The Word of God to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and the, the uh, 13th verse. 2 Corinthians 4. 13, it says we, this applies to all of us, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Faith is not just believing. If it is, it's dead faith according to James. Living faith includes action. Faith without action, faith without doing something is dead, James tells us. And then uh, that's James chapter 2. The very next chapter, chapter 3, goes into detail about the tongue and what all it can affect, revealing that the number one action of your faith is your saying. If you read Romans 10, 
uh, verse 8, 9, and 10, you'll see that he says three times in a row uh, how you got born again. How, you, how you're saved is because you believed in your heart and, and, and you said it with your mouth. And many modern Christians, many church-going people today, they have lost the saying part uh, in their group uh, or denomination or, or whatever many years ago, sometimes centuries ago. Uh, they lost it. They lopped that off. They changed what the Lord taught the church to do. And because it hasn't been a part of what they do for all these generations now, it sounds strange to them to hear people like us making confessions. But it was that way from the beginning of the church. And, and so much to the degree that in Hebrews, three different places I can think of right now, Jesus is called the apostle, the high priest of our confession. He works with what we say. And there is an earth heaven connection. In fact, let's go look at that again. If you go to Matthew, the 16th chapter, Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said this, I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this, is not, this is not the keys to a new Corvette. This is not the keys to a, a, a nice new house. It's something way on out beyond that. The, I mean, those things pass away. The keys to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the keys here represent authority and they also represent access. A key gives you access, right? I mean, if, even if the door is locked. If you got the key... You can get in, right? You, you can use the key and get into what others are not able to get into because you got the key. Well, you got to have these keys to access the kingdom, to operate in the kingdom. What are the keys? Um, whatever you shall bind on earth, who's going to do it? You whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Now, some have turned it around. They say, well, no, uh, whatever the Lord binds in heaven will be bound on the earth. That's not what he said. That's changing what he said. The Lord has bought and paid for and done everything that needs to be done in our salvation. Uh, it's kind of like a board game. It's like checkers or it's like chess. You got a lot of folks waiting on God to move. But if you're playing checkers and the other guy already moved, but you didn't see him move or you didn't know that he moved, and you're sitting there waiting on him to move and waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally you go, When are you going to move? He said, I moved five minutes ago. I'm already moved. You thought you were waiting on him to move. But you weren't. Everybody was waiting on you. And this is the case. In so many situations with Christians, God has already moved. And what a move. <laughs> he moved in Jesus. Jesus took our place. He bore our sins. 
He bore the chastisement of our peace. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. He became poor for us. He has already moved. Even rising from the dead, triumphant over all of the sin and the curse, and is set down at the right hand of majesty on on high. Why? Because he's already done it. He's already moved. Guess whose move it is now? But, But many people are waiting on God to move. Oh, please, God, move. Oh, please, God, move. He already has. There's two prayers God can't answer. And many are praying these prayers. I've prayed them before, before I learned any different. Two prayers. God can't do, you're begging him to do something that he's already done. How can he answer that prayer? You're trying to get him to do something that he's already done. He can't answer that prayer. And then secondly, God can't do for you what he told you to do. If he told you to do something and you're pleading with him to do it, he can't answer that prayer. You're ignoring the scriptures. You're ignoring what he told you to do. So, uh, Lord, help us to see when it's our move (laughs) and not just be waiting vainly for him. Uh, We know this is true with the new birth. There, sadly, there are billions of people on this planet who do not know God who never received him, not born again. They haven't received Jesus. People say, well, yeah, but they, they, they believe in God in their own way. That's unacceptable. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the light in life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Now, you can say there are many ways, but you just contradicted what Jesus said. There are not many ways. And people say, well, we're all, we're all children of the same God. That's not true either. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, he said, you are of your father, the devil. There are two spiritual families in the earth. And unless you're born again, you're in the family of darkness. And God's not your father. I, I know this not, people don't like it. They think, well, that's the, you, you're being uh, exclusive. You're, you're being this. You're being narrow-minded uh, and saved. The scripture says... <laughs> That there's a broad way. Jesus said there's a broad way that leads to destruction and many are going in it. But there's a straight and a narrow way that leads to God and salvation and relatively few that find it. I didn't say these things. He said it. If you say you're going to be a Christian, you need to believe what the Christ said and not just make up stuff as you go along. He's already told us these things. But uh, knowing this, the, same, the spirit of faith involves, like we said, believing and saying. And in this earth-heaven connection, don't turn it around and twist it around. He said, you say it on earth and it'll be backed in heaven. Whose move is it? God, would you move from heaven so something can happen here on the earth? He's already moved. And he said, if you'll bind it on earth... It'll be bound from heaven. If you loose it on earth, it'll be loosed from heaven. I think if we could see in the spirit, we'd be uh, uh, surprised and and, uh, 
annoyed <laughs> about some things because our angels are here and they're ready to help us. But I think so many times they stand around all day long waiting. Maybe they look at each other once in a while and say, you reckon they ever going to say anything for us to act on? The scriptures say that they hearken to the voice of his word. But that word needs to come out our mouths concerning our lives. Hebrews says they are sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. That's us. That's us. And you would see angelic activity and Holy Spirit activity when in faith we bind things on earth or we loose things on earth. Some things need to be bound up. They need to be shut down. They need to be stopped. If something's harassing you, hindering your life and hindering the work of the Lord in your life and, and the call and the ministry, you need to say it out loud in Jesus' name. I command that to stop. Stop. Cease in Jesus' name. If there's some kind of disease that's ravaging your body, don't just sit, sit idly by. You say in Jesus' name, I command that to stop. Stop. Cease. Die. You bind it up. You shut it down. One translation says, whatever you forbid will be forbidden. And whatever you allow will be allowed. Good things need to be loosed into our life, received into our life, allowed into our life. Bad things, we don't just need to sit idly by and beg God to make it stop. He told us, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the next time that something's harassing you and bothering you, don't just go into religious begging mode. What did the Lord say? If you'll speak to this mountain, well, it could be a mountain in your way, a mountain of problem in your life. Speak to it. Don't waver and stagger in your heart, but believe that what you say comes to pass, you'll have what you say. So don't just sit silently. Don't just be frustrated. Don't just worry. Don't just wrestle internally. Rise up on the inside. Be bold. Speak out loud. Everybody doesn't have to hear it. You can do it in the privacy of your home. You can do it. But there are times you just need to speak right up no matter what's going on because it needs to be dealt with right now. Now, let me, let me pause here. You don't have control over other people. God doesn't make them do things, and you can't. You can't say, I bind you up. You need to shut up. <laughs> no, but if there are spirits that are influencing that individual and causing you problem, you can't control that individual, but you can bind up the spirits influencing them to hinder the work of God, for instance. But, yeah, you wish you could just control people around you, but that could get out of hand. No, we, we don't need that. We're not qualified for that. But there are things in your own personal life. We, there are things every day we need to be forbidding and we need to be allowing. We need to be shutting it down and we need to be receiving it. 
and speaking words that loose and allow the angels to work and the Spirit of God to work and God to do things in our life, but words that absolutely shut down what the enemy is trying to do. The moment you recognize, and it's not hard, you don't need to have a vision to know it's the devil. If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, it's the enemy. If it's trying to destroy something in your life, if it's trying to steal and take something away from you, if it's trying to kill something, that's the enemy. Speak against it. Resist it. Don't say, well, what if it's the will of God? It's not the will of God. God and the devil are not working together. No. Uh, God, Jesus said, John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief doesn't come except he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, is God the thief? Is Jesus the thief? Certainly not. He goes on in the same verse to say, but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. I believe it's the Amplified that says that you might have and enjoy life to the full and until it overflows. That sounds like your good God, doesn't it? That's him. That's him. But notice this earth-heaven connection. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, one of the biggest mistakes is that people think it's all up to God and, and, and just keep pleading and begging God. God would please make it stop. Please, God, do this. Please, God, please, God, please, God. And if that's all you know, that's, you're just operating in, in lack of light and understanding. But can you accept what Jesus told us to do? Here, he's not telling us to beg. He's telling us to speak. He's telling us to bind it. He's telling us to loose it. How many are going to do, class? How many are going to do what Jesus told you to do? Uh, in these areas, quit begging, quit pleading, quit crying, and start speaking in faith. Start binding and loosing. And if you'll do it on the earth, the Lord said, he's going to back you up from heaven. There's going to be things happen there. Go with me, if you would, to the book of uh, Mark. Mark chapter 5, and I want you to see some examples of this. I want us to feed on this again. If, when something's true, you'll see it not just in one place in the Scriptures. You'll, you'll see it not just in half a verse. If something's true and right, you'll see it Old Testament, New Testament. You'll keep seeing it repeated over and over again. Uh, just stay there in, in, in Mark, but put up on the chalkboard for us uh, 1 Timothy 6.12, please. 1 Timothy 6.12, then we'll get to Mark. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. So faith involves a fight. Well, fighting requires effort, <laughs> right? <laughs> You can't just lay across the sofa with some iced tea and go, man, I'm fighting today. <laughs> fighting what? Fighting not going to sleep? I mean, no, what's a fight? Fight involves a struggle. There's an opponent that you are having to resist. Well, 
fight the good fight of not physical fight, but faith. And the very next phrase says, lay hold. Everybody say, lay hold. As we saw in Hebrews 11, faith is certain, faith is sure, and faith acts. Faith does. Faith is a receiver. Faith lays hold. The reason you're born again today as a Christian, you laid hold on eternal life. You received Jesus. You, you got past debating whether God was real or not. You got past wavering about whether it was God's will for you to be a child of God and be born again or not. And you just came right on in and laid hold of it, received it. And you had to overcome anything that was arguing with your faith. You had to fight past fears of not being good enough. You had to fight past uh, things that people had told you that God's not real, uh, all kind of junk. You had to fight through that and over that to get to that. But then you laid hold. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. And that, that word profess in the King James, same word as confess. You have confessed a good confession before many witnesses. Said out loud, fight the good fight. Lay hold. Confess. Do you see these things? Now go to Mark 5 and you'll see why I had you go, had you read Timothy first. In Mark 5, uh, it is the account of the woman who had the issue of blood, verse 25, Mark 5, 25, said a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. So here's a woman who you could, would be considered incurable. Uh, didn't say that she was necessarily terminal, but no, she couldn't be helped by the medical science of the day. Now, no intelligent person would be opposed to medical science. We thank God for doctors and we thank God for uh, nurses and everybody in the industry that helps people. But uh, man just doesn't know everything. And it's all too uh, uh, soon that the best doctors and nurses and people in the world look at you and say, I'm sorry, there's nothing that we can do for this. And that's where this woman had gotten. Oh, but good news. <laughs> Even when man can't help you, you can still get help. Even when you can't be helped by natural means, the Lord is real and he's a healer. And this woman got her healing. Let's see how she did it. When she had heard of Jesus, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. She heard that people were getting healed in, in Jesus' ministry. She heard that he was touching people, they were being healed. People were touching him, they were being healed. When she heard that, she must have had living faith because she believed it enough to motivate her up out of the house 
and get her headed that way. Can you see there's living faith here? Because she's not just uh, claiming she believes something. She's moving on it. She's acting on it. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Verse 28. Oh, are you paying attention here? For she what? For she what? For she what? She said. If you really believe it, you'll say it. You know, Jesus said, uh, I believe it was Matthew 12 or so. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's how it works. You get full of faith, it's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to say it. You know, same thing's true with fear. You get full of fear, it's going to come out of your mouth too. But she was so convinced, obviously, so persuaded of what could happen here, what would happen here, that she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I what? I might be. (laughs) I might be healed. You just never know. (laughs) Let's go over this again. You just never know is not a scripture. It's not a verse. (laughs) No. God intends for us to read his word, seek his face, and find out what his will is, and then we can know what his will is in that area. Oh, we we don't know everything, but we can know some things. And having known that, we can be bold to say it, to receive it. That's how you overcome. She obviously became so convinced that she said, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And obviously, she had already made up her mind. She's going to do what it took to touch. So you can say it like this. When I touch, I'm going to touch. If I touch and I'm going to touch, I shall be whole. When I touch, I'm going to be whole. When I touch, somebody said out loud, I shall be. I shall be. Whole. Whole. I shall be. I shall be. There's no wavering in this. Do you see that? Yes, sir. Well, well, I'll do the best I can. I, 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 I'm weak, you know. I've had this condition for all these years, but I'll, we'll try. But you know, it's just up to whatever the Lord wants. No, honey, no. That's not faith. And I know many people are right there, and I'm not making fun of you. There was a time when I thought the same thing. But... In order to have faith, remember we read Hebrews 11.1? 1? Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being certain of things that are not seen. Can you see this little woman was sure that when she touched, what'd she say? I shall be whole. She pushed, she pressed, she touched. There was a flow of power came into her. You read the rest of it, it said immediately she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Isn't that wonderful? After 12 years of suffering and spending every dime and nobody can help her and Jesus looked at her at the end of this and said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. If her faith would make her whole, your faith will make you whole. My faith will make me whole. Said out loud, I have faith. And my faith works. Praise God. That's it for today. We'll see you next time in faith school. Hallelujah. 